Welcome to the Trail Island Podcast. It's episode 50. Hooray! Big 5 Hello. Hello. Hello, Steve. Hello, Matthew. Hello there. How are you feeling about we're almost a year into this? this is, I mean, what's the, what's the bigger milestone? A year or 50 episodes, do you Ooh. think? I think, I think it's pretty cool that they're sort of happening all at once. Yeah, well, consistently for the last 50 weeks, we've produced an episode, isn't yeah. it? How many seasons of The Simpsons League? are there? Too many. Like 30? <laughs> yes, Matthew, I know what you're talking about. Technically, yeah. there was one week where we didn't have an episode because everything just did yeah. not go in our favour that I don't, week. I don't mean to take away from our 50, 50 weeks of... Yeah, well, 51 weeks, technically, if we count Yeah, we've actually done more work than you've heard, which is <laughs> which is always very exciting. Yeah, that was just for us, that one. Also, I want to point out, me sabotaging that episode, that was that mm. was a lot of work. So I, I worked a lot that week to really corrupt that episode. So. You're like Zuckerberg in uh, The Social Network where he demands recognition for That's right. destroying the university computers. That's right, and you guys still don't recognise me as a peer? <laughs> So, no, uh, no. Well, we are on an island, so you're a bit of a peer, a bit of a jetty, you know, whatever you want to be. Oh! Nautical oh! puns. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all week. And the next one. So, I guess as episode 50 is rolling in, you know, we've heard this music so many times, so let's just appreciate it one more time. There we go. Okay. Oh, oh thank you, Steve. <laughs> thank you for that little uh, accentuated note on the end I didn't do anything. That's just part of the track. <laughs> Oh, maybe I left that in when I recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Well, this is, uh, you know, we thought we'd go with something really lighthearted, something enjoyable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's just have a bit of fun with this episode. No, no, we, we watched this film, mm. it's, which is it's, uh, uh, it's challenging. It's got things to yeah. say. <laughs> yes, it Lots does. of things to say. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's a bit hard to describe, actually, what... I mean, I, I, look, I've seen it on, on, on the internet that it describes it as a, as a revenge thriller, mm. but I feel like that's just too simplified of a mm. description of what this movie is. The, uh, the description I got on Wikipedia was a, a, uh, a, a black comedy thriller. A comedy? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. I will, I will touch on that. Okay, all right. No, yeah, let's let's get into it. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, I think the trailer might give mm. some of those uh, those feelings that Steve just described. Who would like to introduce the film? I'll do it. Go ahead, Steve. Tonight we're talking about promising young, as Matt liked to call it, lady. <laughs> it's promising pr- young woman. There we go. Whisper something in your Good. God Almighty. You know, they put themselves in danger, girls like that. It was a perverted thing to say. You'd think you'd learn by that age, right? Please lay down. What are you doing? It's okay, you're safe. What are you doing? Hey, I said, what are you doing? Every week, I go to a club. I act like I'm too drunk to stand. And every week, a nice guy comes over to see if I'm okay. You okay? You are so pretty. I am a nice guy. Are you? One, two, three, four. I thought we had a connection. Okay. How old am I? What are my hobbies? What's my name? Sorry, maybe that one's too hard. Cassandra? We're in class together at Forest. 
You would have been a great doctor. What happened? I left under unusual circumstances. You remember what happened, right? Why I dropped out. I'm not the only one who didn't believe it. We get accusations like this all the time. Who needs brains? They never did a girl any good. I'm so sorry I didn't go with her. You gotta let it go. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Why do you guys have to ruin everything? We were kids. If I hear that one more time, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I was hoping you'd feel differently by now. It's every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that. Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? I wanted to be a doctor my whole life. Lately, I've been feeling like I might want to get back into it. It's an interesting trailer. I, I quite like that trailer, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. It's got an energy about it. It's misleading. It is misleading, yes. I, In what way, gentlemen? Well, I well some of the scenes where she's questioning, uh, if you've seen the trailer, Christopher Mintz-Platz's character about what's my name, what mm-hmm. doesn't play out like that, how she answers, how she says, oh, that's a, that's a difficult question. But so, the questioning scene, the intimidation is still there. Yeah, it's still there. But that in the trailer plays out like a comedy. And I, I'm, on, I'm with you. I, and I in think the that... film, it doesn't play out like a comedy in that mm. scene. While there are elements of it being like, oh, she's got gotcha, yeah. uh, it's it's different. I would suggest, um, much like the trailer for The Father, this one, again, suggests, it's, it, you know, it does tell you pretty much what the film's going to be. That is accurate. But it suggests it's in a lighter, perhaps, tone, or it's going to be a little mm. more kind of, you know, a few more hijinks, maybe. And then the actual film is actually quite confronting in places. Confronting is a good word to, yeah. to, to describe this. It doesn't shy away from its themes. And I think, to me, the trailer indicates that more happens than actually does. Yeah, exactly. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. More, more travelling, I would suggest, if, if, the, if you guys follow, than actually happens in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, like yeah, like yeah. I, I agree. I agree. That strangely enough, a lot of the end of the movie is in that trailer. Mm. Obviously, cut in a way mm. that doesn't give too much away. But I wouldn't even consider that the end of the movie. And I don't want to get into spoilers here, but mm. I think that's sort of a lead in, sort of the first half of the last act, maybe. Um, yeah, it's still got it's still got story to tell after the scene you're describing. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So does anyone want to do the premise here? I'm too or is that that trailer is pretty concise though? Yeah, it, it describes everything. We've got our character uh, Cassie. Yeah. And she is basically on a. Oh, what does she do? She pretends to be drunk and and, and trap guys who think they're being nice guys who are essentially trying to assault her, mm-hmm. take advantage of her, mm-hmm. and she's completely sober and. She catches them out, but we never mm. actually see what she like. It's sort of implied in moments, and yeah. the and the trailer implies that things happen, and the film implies it, but we'd never really see the actual consequences of something happening. We see mm-hmm. the possible consequences, but not necessarily what she has planned. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was maybe. Mm, is that okay? Do we think like it's because odd. because the film doesn't always have to like jam it down your throat about this is what's happening, which no, I think this is kind of what it does. But it does need to be clear as to what it is saying. I think, especially in this, 
because it's so important to what her character is doing. Mm. You need to know how far she's taking it. One of my favorite cuts in this movie is actually at the very beginning where she, you know, intimidates this guy who's going to... I think that's her plan is to basically, you know... Scare these guys. Scare scare these guys and just, you know, do a Batman on them and take them out one by one. But there's a great cut where, you know, she's intimidating this guy and she, you, know, you know that she's going to absolutely scare the, the living daylights out of him. And then it cuts to her walking down the street eating a hot dog or something and the, yeah. and the ketchup runs down her arm. You go, well, is it blood? Mm. And then you realize, oh no, it's just the hot dog she's eating. But then it's like, okay, that's a really cool visual moment, but the film doesn't answer what she actually did to the guy though. Yeah. I think that's probably my main problem with it is there's a lot of setup and not enough payoff in the broader scheme of things and in the scene-to-scene basis because we're... We're getting these scenes that really set up the thriller genre of it all. You're getting implied threats from Cassie the entire time. You're building up the tension. You're building up the intimidation. Mm. And this film doesn't pay off those moments. Yeah. And in in general, it doesn't pay off those moments as well. In the overarching story, it doesn't pay those moments off. Unfortunately not. And I think coming back to the trailer... One of the things that got me quite excited about the movie is where she's, you know, she's saying she wanted to be a doctor all her life and she goes, I might take it up again as she opens up her little toolkit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, okay, like, you know, it's a bit grisly, but is that what she's going to do? Like, is that going to be the movie? But then when you watch the film, that, it's a bit of a spoiler here, but that's not until the very, very end. Yeah. And it's like, well, the, the trailer was suggesting to me that she's going on this revenge quest, which is perhaps a little more like a Quentin Tarantino violent kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. But the film is not that. In fact, that only really occurs towards the end of the mm-hmm. movie. And I think that that was misleading because I was much more excited about, again, it's that kind of morbid kind of, we've talk, talked about how Tarantino does violence incredibly well for that kind of funness, even though it's grotesque. And I think that the, the promise of that trailer of that kind of fun grotesque violence, which can be done, was much more... A, appealing in a strange way for this story and for this revenge thriller than what the film actually then delivered. And the film does turn things on its head a little bit where you sort of go and expecting this this adventure of her getting revenge on, yeah, on and people. I, and I and, wanted her to. And, and we do find out her reasoning for wanting revenge and it sort of becomes a story of self-destruction. Yeah, it, yeah, really. it does. And I, but I didn't realise that until very near the end. I thought, oh, I, I thought this was a different arc. But mm. and, but do we think that's a twist or is it just a misleading construction? Uh, I, I have problems with the story in general. I don't like the logistics of it. Like she's trying to exact her revenge on, on one particular guy and there's all there's always these other guys there she's getting revenge on as well. And her love interest for the film, Bo Burnham, mm-hmm. is the gateway to this big bad guy. Okay. Yeah. My question is... Why is Bo Burnham the gateway to this? Why she's obviously very adept at using social media to track people down, <laughs> and why is this revenge happening now and not what was like because five or ten years before? Yeah, because it 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 is all triggered by an event where like she's she left college where mm-hmm. she was studying to be a doctor, and something has happened to a friend of hers who believes she's been assaulted sexually assaulted and that at least that's what the film implies Mm, because it's never they never say the friend was raped or the friend was sexually assaulted they certainly give you an answer of what actually happened yeah yeah and the reason why she's on this journey but you're definitely right like the this this person that she's chasing shouldn't be as much of an enigma as as it's presented why now especially as everyone knows him yeah because they're, they're a friendship group yeah 
So, and so, so this character that's played by Bo Burnham, who comes into her life, who recognizes her from you know going to medical school together, they they hit it off because you know mm. he's actually different from from the rest of them. And I I liked those moments watching her. That's when her I thought her character got interesting. Yeah. She was dealing with this kind of not really knowing what to think, and I thought that was quite interesting, especially because of what we establish her character is. Is feeling, and she's you know obviously right to feel the way she does. But then to see her challenging that, not sure what action to take. That's where the film gets interesting. I have just realised on topic of um, this guy that she's after. The film does say that he's been living in the UK for a while. Okay, oh, that's I right. have just remembered that. Right. So to be Thank fair, you. he you. has been out of. And I forgot about that. He is out of the country for a bit, and he's just come back because um, I forget who says, but someone says he's just arrived back in the country, and that's when she goes, Ah, it is time is so- for me to. You know, fire up. Because it's Bo Burnham's character is Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I, whether it comes from him, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but from someone, it's like so. She, it's like she's had this, the master plan is leading to something. And the knowledge that this guy that she is, the, the kingpin that she believes that she is after, he, she's given the information that he is now back in the country. And that sort of activates her, her, major, her end game, <laughs> yeah. if you will, to make everything and happen. And I still don't, I, like, I don't like her end game either. No, I, I had real problems with the, with the way that was structured, storied, and I really don't want to get into spoiler territory. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because uh, I I don't think I've come out of a film quite as shocked as I did maybe since Gone Girl. Just like, oh yeah, I, I get like, that. What is going? On. And in fairness, I've actually forgotten what happens at the end of Gone Girl because I kind of <laughs> blocked it from my mind a little bit because yeah, that film freaked me out. It's a freaky film. And much like yourself, Alex, I there, there are a few twists. Whether or not they're actually justified or, or if the film pulls them off, I think is clumsy is a word that comes to mind, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I would say clumsy is... Uh, yeah. yeah. But having said that, the, some of them I thought, wow, that's a, that's a legitimately very interesting thing to do after watching... Uh, well, I'm not going to spoil it, so everyone can... Everyone listening, you do not panic. I will not spoil the ending. I'm just talking of, as to the structure. It's very interesting to set up these things in motion and then turn things on its head like, yeah. like the film does. And I go, that's really interesting. But I think the film tries to do that maybe twice in the space of about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it, if you do it twice, it completely diminishes both instances. You need to do have a moment like that once. Mm-hmm. And that's your big, your big twist. Yeah. And this film only just scrapes away with... Just pulling it off twice. I, I, I have I've problems with both both twists. Mm. The twist with Ryan, I thought was uh, cheap. Maybe I, I would say cheap. Yeah. Like, and it's only really built up to in in the the fifteen minutes prior to it. Like, we get this really really out of place uh, montage of both of the characters dancing in this pharmacy and then the plot twists on their head, on, on its head. Um, I'm thinking You myself, didn't enjoy Paris Hilton's music? <laughs> no, no, you Steve. Alex, Alex, you know I love P Hilton. <laughs> Miss Hilton. <laughs> P Hitty. P Hitty is my jam. Yeah, there there's a lot it, clunky is is clunky clumsy. Mm. Uh, the, the first half of this film is really sort of meticulously put together. Because we compare trailers in their films, right? I after last week's episode, I'm feeling a little bit more focused about focusing on what the trailer mm-hmm. what, what mm-hmm. promised us, sure, yeah, and what the film actually delivered. Because in the in our episode about the social network, we really got stuck into the trailers <laughs> for stuff. I'm we like, did, yeah. oh, that's right, that's what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> so I kind of want to do more of that because in this 
the film, there's nothing wrong with the story that the the message that yeah. the, the film wants to get across. Right? It's it's extremely important, mm. and it's an extremely strong story that they tell in terms of uh, narrating what's going on in society. But the the trailer did not tell us or promise us that that's the film that we were going to get. I would disagree with that. I Do feel you think like so? For, for me, that trailer hit all the beats that were hit in the film. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I got that thriller sense. I got the I got the comedy come through as well. There's a there's an incredibly hilarious moment with Max Green, Greenfield toward the end of the film where he, him as a, a comedic actor, he's great in New Girl, right? And the way he, you know, does his body language on screen is just hilarious. But I think for it, you because know, people describe it as a dark comedy or a black comedy. Like, if you're going to describe a film as that, there needs to be more of it. Yeah. I wasn't having that. that awkward, like, oh, my word, like, <clears throat> I shouldn't be laughing moments. This is like maybe two or three laughing moments throughout the two hours of the film. And just because you have funny moments in a film doesn't make it a comedy or a dark comedy. Well, even Schindler's List has jokes in it. No, no, I, I, you no, picked the I, wrong <laughs> movie to describe that. No, 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 no. Seriously, seriously, the seriously though. Oh my god. No, 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 no. Seriously though, um, this is a legitimate example. The Schindler's List is, I think everyone can admit, an incredibly heavy movie. But there are moments where between mm. characters they tell a joke. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, but that doesn't mean it's a comedy. And I and I yeah. agree. I think this film. There are moments where characters tell jokes, but it's not a comedy. I know. No. I would disagree with that. Like the. Uh, I don't think uh, the principal, the the dean, the dean scene would be a, a spoiler. Uh, oh no, no, it's about halfway through. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Um, I think the payoff to that, where she just turns around and says, "No, your daughter's at the at a diner." I thought that was hilarious. No, you see, it annoyed me because at that point in the movie, she gets arrested. That is what happens in real life, and the rest of the movie doesn't happen. She pretended yeah. to abduct a child. Well, she did actually. She. She got her in the car and drove her somewhere. I was like, this is predatory behavior. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, that's where for me, the film does unfortunately completely fall over because I go, you, if you, you can't do that and get away with it. And mm. I know, don't get me wrong, suspension of disbelief. I like Mortal Engines. I'm aware of that. That's a stupid movie, but I love it. So why does it bother me in this movie? Because it's trying to be an incredibly realistic yeah. take yeah. on very serious themes. This is why I have a problem with the, the, like the, 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 Resolution for Cassie. I have a, yeah. a strong problem with that because that requires a heavy suspension of disbelief. Exactly, and in this kind of movie, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't pay off. You, you as an audience member go that 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 just wouldn't happen in real life. Mm-hmm. Because, and again, I just want to stress, like, yes, I because I always peddle this is suspension of disbelief. All films will have issues with them. The whole idea is you enjoy them. That no film's ever going to be perfect, but I think. When the film like this is trying to be so realistic and and so um, important, and it is again, like you said, Alex, the themes and the story are very important, and they're actually as just their own entity very good. But the film itself can't then sort of be lazy, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. There's a point um, where Cassie has sort of a, a, a success of sorts halfway through the first half of the film. Uh, and she, it's played up as a, as a dramatic moment. She stops in the middle of the road, and she's sort of got her head, to, head, head in her hands, and she's holding up traffic. And this guy in his truck over, tries to overtake her, stops there, starts abusing her, mm. and she gets out of the car and starts hitting his car with a tire, Ryan. Yeah, and it's played off to be this sort of 
enlightening, enlightening like moment. empowering moment. And it wasn't. She's just, yeah, I, I agree. That moment didn't work for me. It did, It kind of came out of nowhere. Like I, un- I kind of understand why it's there. Like it's sort of showing she almost loses her self-control. Yeah. And maybe that's the first yeah. instance of where something else takes over in her brain because you see at the end of that, all of a sudden she comes out of it. Like, mm. What what was I doing? Yeah, yeah. And you can see this fear comes back over her again. So does that say that what she's doing, because she's on this this journey of revenge, it's becoming such a destructive thing in her head that it's taking over who she is. Like, is she? Uh, it has become more of her than what she is. Yeah, you I know get what it. I mean? She's becoming consumed by this uh, yeah. this quest. By this when we hunt monsters, yeah. we must not uh, make sure we become monsters ourselves. Mm. And maybe that's what the film... I, I, I don't know. Again, like it's... You know, we, we're just three blokes. We're probably not the best qualified to discuss the themes of this movie. But um, it's... It's um, it's an odd theme to have in a, in a film about uh, women's rights yeah. when it comes to sexual assault. It's yeah. A, it's an odd message to sort of take out of it. It is. It is. Yeah, definitely. It's Again, it comes... I, I think the film, like you say, Steve, the first half of the movie is much stronger. It's much clearer on what it is. And I don't really have any issue with the beginning of this, the first half of this movie. It's when it starts trying to go, I suppose, have fun with it, that it feels like I shouldn't... It feels cheap. Because it's like you've established that, unfortunately, we live in a world where these horrible things happen to women. Mm. And then the second half of the movie is now we're going to turn into a Liam Neeson style sort of revenge thriller. But it feels like that doing that in the last half of the movie betrays the very good work and very good messages that the first half of the movie, for the most part, has. Oddly enough, if you if you isolated this film to the first 10 minutes, the first act of revenge mm. as it gets... That's that's a perfect short film right there. Yeah. That's succinct. That gets the message across. We understand what it's about. We understand what it's trying to do. And it's it's terrifying. It's mm. terrifying. It's, it, it is a genuine thriller sort of. It does touch on the black comedy bits there as well. Mm. Yeah. But we're again with it carrying the hot dog and it's, you know. Again, did she kill the guy? Did she beat him within an inch of his life? Nah, because she goes back to that um, the friend of his. Oh, and he's yeah. obviously spread... Yeah, talk to his friends about this Cassie girl who's. But then don't. I mean, I understand it could is pro- probably just a metaphor, like she's she's drawing blood metaphorically. But it's cut in a way that strongly suggests that she's done something physically violent to this person. Well, you see that she hires people to do things unknown. Yeah, what are they going to do? And yeah, I, that bothered me because like, is she hiring hitmen to kill people to intimidate people? We we got a lot of we, we got a lot of characters that weren't sympathetic. We we got a lot of characters that didn't regret anything what they uh, mm. what they did, and it was interesting to see the other side of that. And I, we we got two minutes of a very very good acting from Alpha <laughs> Marlena. Yeah, um, and I just want to point out Carrie Mulligan, fantastic for the whole mm. f- whole film. Mm. But I wish they lent into that moment a little stronger. I hesitate to say this. I don't want anyone to get angry at me, but it's perhaps a little one-sided. Other than, I would suggest it's only her dad that is the only positive male yeah. character yeah. in this film. And he obviously has misunderstood his daughter as well, so he's not, even, he's not even a perfect father. But he's the only positive male person. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to justify the... the how heavy this film is trying to be on message. I think that's great. But I think it, it's, it would have been great, like you say, in those moments of the other side 
to have examined that yeah. a little more. Yeah. But then, but again, that feeds back into what I was thinking. Is like, okay, so it's it's really strong on this message of of these horrible men that are out there, and then to try and turn into this kind of madcap revenge thriller Tarantino style thing mm-hmm. at the end it's like this, is, this isn't working for me now I mean if we're getting all sides of the story there we, we've got a couple of sympathetic characters in, his, in her parents mm. what do they think about this we don't get shown that at all we don't they get do. any closure on no. them do we no. no it's a shame they're good characters even the mother of the friend as well that she's trying yeah. to mm. you know, re- mm. seek revenge for just says get over it basically mm. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and I did I did find it quite like I was surprised that so many people acted that way, but it is, are we are we blind to that? I think we uh, yeah, we can't speak to that. Yeah, no. I felt like some of the shots in this were a little over stylized and 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 in, in in the most neutral way as well. A lot of like mid shots were were taken from very far back. A lot, lot of headroom. A lot of headroom. Now I'm a shoot. I'm glad you brought that up because I was watching this. Like now I can't figure out why. Yeah. But, but there must yeah. be there must be a reason because the film does it too often for it to be random. Yeah, some very in your face framing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they were getting shots for the cover of the DVD. It's <laughs> a really be- wonderful framing as well. There's there's yeah. a shot there where like Cassie's standing in front of this really nice blue mosaic, and Bo Burnham comes in the shot. He's wearing this really nice blue blazer as well, and they embrace. I thought that was great. Her parents' house. Oh my word! <laughs> the pink what lounge a, room. What a pastel of yes, yeah, color vomit type <laughs> stuff. Oh gosh, it was mm. Stifler's mum too. Yeah, Jennifer Played. Coolidge. Yeah, oh, there you go. It was Mr. Krabs with her as well? He's also That's in. He's also in Starship Troopers, I believe. <gasps> He's As also in. That's where. Yeah, I'm that's where from. I know him from. He yeah. is a prolific voice actor. I think he does a couple of voices in Clone Wars as well. Oh, there you go. He is, yeah. Well, very good. Well, what a perfect way to sort of wrap things <laughs> we up. We brought it back to Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And you fit our, Mortal Engines in too. Our safe space. Uh, sorry. <clears throat> our safe space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pew, pew, pew. Well, all right. So out of five Watsies. Oh, um, hot this. dogs. Hot dogs. Uh, Spit coffees. Scrunchies. Scrunchies. Saucy hot dogs. Uh, (laughs) Saucy hot dogs. I do like the saucy hot dogs. Saucy hot dogs. It's much like the... um the egg and bacon sandwich, whatever it was in um, oh, yeah. Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, I forget the name of the movie. <laughs> it just made me hungry. Yeah, I uh, want I want fast food now. <laughs> uh, is that what we're going with, or are we going with hot dogs, scalpels? Mm, uh, nah. nah. All right, hot dogs. Hot, uh, hot dog. Hot dog. I'll, I'll kick things off um, if that's all right. Um, I do like the trailer. Mm. It's it's it tells you exactly that it's it's going to try and be a confronting film about. Some very heavy but very important issues. And the film that that trailer promises is one that I am very excited to see. And I still am excited to see that movie when someone decides to make it. Because this film, for me, did not live up to that. It it gets close. But that ending, which to me feels off message or lazy or just... The film loses its way. It starts out incredibly strongly. And then just meanders, loses its way. And like I say, I think there's a good movie there. The trailer definitely suggests that there could be a great movie made out of this. But the, watching the film, I left feeling, I suppose, unsatisfied with the, the twists. Mm-hmm. So it's probably enough of the structure of the movie, I suppose. I'm going to give it um, what's fair. 
I'm go- I'm going to give it three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I had to think about that one. Well, I uh, I think you will enjoy this film better if you don't watch the trailer. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is not the film that you are getting in the trailer. <laughs> And like I said before, there's nothing wrong with the message that they're trying that they that they do get across, but it's not what I thought I was going to see. And not there's anything wrong with that, but I guess that's what we're trying to compare here too. <laughs> it was significant enough for me to go, oh, okay, maybe that's that's not exactly what I was expecting. It is so much darker. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong, this is a dark film, and I still enjoyed it. I did, I did enjoy it, but I, I was left going, I don't know how to feel about this now. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they try to cram that comedy in at the end. I'm like, I don't think this is an appropriate time to be doing that. <laughs> that comedy makes it ambiguous, I think. It sort of throws a char- your character's journeys out the window yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with three and a half. Yeah, that- I'm not, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm going to agree with you that I'm going to go three and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a great film for first timers i think emerald fennel the the writer director fantastic job mm. well it got she, nominated for best picture and 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 best original screenplay and uh, i i disagree with it winning that but emerald obviously knows her way around film uh this is the first time i've seen bo burnham in leading role and he is a competent actor he's fantastic um i think the story itself is a great first try i think if someone else came along and did a, a story very much like this um, you can only improve on it. And th- that's what I sort of want to see. I want to see this this film, but done better. Mm. I do. Mm-hmm. I want a, I want a, a clearer structure. I want a clearer character journey. I want I, I, I want to understand these characters a little bit better. I want to know every facet of what this character is going through a lot better. I mm. don't want a really romantic montage halfway through <laughs> the film that sets something up that doesn't really pay off too much. Yeah. That really isn't super important to the film. I really don't think this was a best original screenplay. I think that should have either gone to Minari or or Sound of Metal. Clunky and Clumsy is, is the way I would... Really good film. Okay, really great performances by, by Carrie Mulligan in particular. Overall, I was, I was sort of scratching my head at, okay, so this isn't what I was really promised or expected, maybe. Three and a half. It's a solid 10 out of 15. It's not bad. Not bad? Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Well, that was Promising Young Woman, which won uh, Best Original Screenplay and nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I still think the father should have got it. But, yeah, you know. well, the father should have got all the awards, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, maybe we can see this version with Anthony Hopkins getting revenge on people. I, isn't that just Science of the Lambs? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like a... Like a uh, Nutty Professor 2, the clump sort of thing. <laughs> Where Anthony Hopkins is dressing up like oh, a woman. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is every character. Anthony Hopkins <laughs> is a carrot. <laughs> That's a very niche reference. <laughs> anyway, we've been the Trail Island podcast, and that was Promising Young, young Woman. That's right. Solid 10 out of 15. You can find us on all the socials, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I think they're all there, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Send us a message. Did we get it wrong? Did we get it right? Who knows? Just let us know because we rely on your feedback to make this show better. So if you have enjoyed the show, please let your friends know. Give us a five-star review as well from yeah. wherever you're listening. Google, Apple, Spotify, all the good 
things. You can send us an email too, contact at trialisland.com.au. I've been Alex, and as always, I was joined by Hot Dogs. Momfluencer special at Steve Mumalicious. <laughs> Sorry, Ash, we're not making this easy for you, are we? <laughs> you know, wrapping this show is getting harder and harder <laughs> every week. I'm trying to make it easier, I swear to God. <laughs> uh, we've been the Trail Island Podcast. Good night, everybody. Yeah. This is a Narrative Network podcast.